Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. Hey all, Catherine here. I am by myself in my kitchen waiting for my post-workout scone to heat up. I know it's not the best post-workout fueling, but uh, it's my birthday weekend, so I'm treating myself. So I am um, by myself today because Christy is actually away on a girls weekend and she's out of service. And then we were going to bring Brooke in to do some recordings, which is going to start next week. But this week, I'm just going to be honest with y'all, I ran out of time between my trip to Georgia, being in Austin for an endurance exchange, and trying to catch up on work um, on the back end. I just ran out of time for things. But you get to hear a recording that Christy and I actually did, and it's she interviews me. I'm incredibly uncomfortable in this recording. You'll be able to tell right away. I don't like it when the can't the microphone is turned on me, but she wanted to share more of my story. I'm sure all of you have heard bits and pieces of it. So um, you're going to get to hear a little bit more about me. Oh, my scone is ready. Um, The other thing I wanted to say is I'm really, really excited about our upcoming gravel festival. Uh, Things are really starting to come together for it. We uh, have some great guest writers, so we've confirmed Marley Blonsky is going to be there, Abby Robbins is going to be there, Brooke Gowdy is going to be there, Celine Yeager is going to be there, uh, Christy Moan will be there, of course, I'll be there um, as guest ride leaders. Oh, Starla uh, Tendergreen, who you all heard from on the podcast a few weeks ago, she's going to be there as a guest ride leader. We're going to have a really special distance to empty activation. Um, and then we've just been confirming some really great things with sponsors and other ride leaders that I have not been able to announce yet, but that will be coming soon. So if you have not reserved a spot, we are getting close to that 70% sold out. Head on over to girlsgonegravel.com slash festival and snag your spot. Come join us in Bentonville. We'll be having a really fun weekend. Um, Hopefully you won't be hearing from me very much this month. Like I said, Brooke is going to be joining us on the podcast. She's going to be taking My spot, maybe Christy's spot, depending on how the month flows with uh, both of our schedules. Christy's down in Patagonia for most of the month, working on their gravel house down there. And service isn't always great down there. 
Um, but Brooke has invited several friends of hers to join the podcast this month. And I can't wait to hear the interviews with these women. Um, I think it'll be really some really fun conversations. So that's all I got. I hope you enjoy this episode, getting to know me a little more. Still super uncomfortable when I say that. Anyway, I will talk to y'all in March or maybe next week. Who knows? That's how things go around here. It's recording. You found it. <laughs> Before we start, Christy's making fun of me. I was totally making fun of you because once again, you could not find the record button. You guys, like we have to get Catherine something to help her figure out where that damn record button is on Zoom. <laughs> it needs like a giant blinking light. It's like it needs to be the Staples easy button. <laughs> yeah. You know, that was easy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's, it's the same place every week on Zoom, but I think it's, I used to know where it was. And now that we have Google Meet, I'm just so used to Google Meet. Oh, well, we can record on Google Meet. No, too. it's not a good. No, it doesn't do as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, how are you? I'm good. It's been a busy, uh, it's been a busy 2023. <laughs> You are already crushing 2023, which is nuts. Um, I am crushing 2023. You want to hear why? Yes. Okay. So I'm kind of crushing at work, but the other reason I'm crushing 2023 is because I had that stupid shoulder injury all year. Yes. And it's like, and right. I realized I was really very upset and sad about it because it really limited anything that I loved to do. Yeah. And so I've been doing this beginner Olympic weightlifting program. Yeah. And I'm on. And so I started it right before, right before I went to unbound, right before I realized I had the shoulder injury. So it's supposed to be eight weeks. So I'm finishing it this week. So that's like seven months, eight months later, nine months. I don't, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's okay. Um, and I did an 88 pound snatch today, overhead snatch. Oh, Nice and jerked, which a jerk is when you take it from the ground into a position and you jerk it overhead at a hundred and then you jerk it up 115 pounds. And then that was by accident. Nice. And then I PR'd my front squat and my back squat. And yeah. Catherine. So it just feels like I'm uh, like my body is back and it's making me happy. <sighs> That's good. Yeah. That's a great way to start 2023, even if it took you a little bit to get <laughs> the there, longest right? time ever to finish the beginner. Nah, yeah, no, it doesn't matter. So I guess like we can reveal to fit folks that you are actually our guest today. <laughs> like, I have a really good idea. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, we think it's a good idea, but I think it's a good idea, I guess. But, but, you know, I was, um, out on a, a small little bike ride around town the other day, thinking about our 2023 girls gone gravel show and, you know, we're going into our third year, which is just absolutely crazy that that's how long we've been doing this. Um, and can I you to say that you finally got your microphone and headphones set up? In your- I did. <laughs> <laughs> if you're like, why does Christy smell my- so good? <laughs> it's my anniversary gift <laughs> to us. <laughs> <laughs> to our podcast editor, Carrie. Oh my God. Yeah. So Tim was making fun of me and I was like, I, I literally said, I was like, Catherine told me I had to step up my game, which was not true. You did not say that. I just decided it was time for me to be an adult. So here I am being an adult. And, but anyway, back to my like little bike ride spin thinking, we don't, we've never really talked about you. And 
a lot of our listeners obviously listen to you every week and they come up to you at festivals and they talk to you and you've been a transformational figure and an inspirational person in, in the women's cycling scene, especially off-road. And we don't know Catherine's um, history. We know why you started Girls Gone Gravel. We've heard that story, a little bit too much wine, bike shop telling you no, you boom, <laughs> here we are. Of course, I'm, I've heard it like 17 yeah. times. It's it's almost as repetitive as you not finding the record button, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, um, tell us, Catherine, how did you get your start in cycling? This makes me so uncomfortable. Why? <laughs> I like asking the questions. It's a little taste of your own medicine. Oh, comfortable right so. now. Um, okay. So, but thank you for telling my story. I, well, I loved riding my bike growing up as most of us did, right? Like just would ride up and down the neighborhood. Um, and just like that freedom that you got riding your bike. And then I didn't really ride a bike very much as an adult until I moved to Oklahoma. I think mm-hmm. I got a bike just for fun, like to ride around, you know, like the local paths and stuff and ended up doing a little bit of mountain biking with that. And this was like, I think I bought my first bike that I spent money on for like $250 at Walmart. So but it was Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods, something like that. Um, and I had that bike and I rode it around uh, kind of all the places I lived. When I moved to New Orleans, I would commute on all over the city on that little bike, um, which was kind of like riding gravel because the roads were so bad. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just would ride with friends for fun, but nothing like the biggest ride I ever did was like maybe 12 miles. And we were so proud of ourselves for that 12 mile ride. Um, how old? Oh, I was like, this is when I lived in Florida. So I was like in my thirties. Okay. Yeah. So, so then I moved to Georgia. Um, I had lived kind of lots of places. I left this job that I have for 11 years. I worked for a faith-based organization was like my first job out of college. So it was a huge transition time in my life. I had come off of really a period of depression. Like a lot of things fell apart. Um, I moved to Mexico city. I had been in a relationship with somebody that didn't work out. Like then the work that we were doing there fell apart too. Went back to Florida for a year, felt unsettled. And so ended up leaving the organization and moving to Georgia and moved in with my parents. And I was like, well, I've always wanted to do a triathlon. So, um, maybe this is the year I'm going to do a triathlon. So I Googled triathlon, Georgia and team and training came up and it was their first, um, like they're having an info session. So the choices were people have heard me say this before, sit at home and watch wheel of fortune with my parents or go to this info session with a bunch of people I didn't know. So went to the info session. Thank God. Wheel of fortune. Isn't more riveting. I know. I mean, if it would have been something like, I don't know whatever the cool show is now, I might've stayed home, <laughs> but, uh, I, so I, you know, borrowed my mom's bike for that. And it was like a townie bike and showed up at my first session, uh, with my Ember shorts. I've told this story before too, my Ember shorts and my baggy t-shirt and my mom's bike. And everybody had like a super fancy, nice tri bike, what I didn't know was like, um, there were three races that this team was training for. One was like a sprint. One was an Olympic, which is what I ended up doing the middle distance. And the one was 
70.3 Augusta. And a lot of those people had done team and training for years. I wanted to do an Ironman with team and training the next year. So I show up and I'm like, I'm in the wrong place. But there were a few women there that just took me under their wing and were like, you're going to ride with me today. And that was transformational. And I think that was such a foundation for me of seeing how one person, one or two people can completely change somebody's experience and make them go from feeling like an outsider and stupid to like, you belong here and you could do this. Yeah. Um, So I went through everything that season. I got my first road bike. I learned how to clip in. I fell off a lot of times um, clipping in and I loved it. And at the end of that year, um, these were my only friends. (laughs) So they were all like, we're going to do an Ironman next year. And I was like, I guess I am too. So that's where I went from, you know, casually riding my bike to riding, you know, between 70 and hundred miles every weekend for who, who were these, um, awesome women. They were people that have been involved in team and training for a long time. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about community and, 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 you know, team and training has been around for a long time. And this was kind of the heyday about 12 years ago in the team and training world when they were really strong. And the Georgia chapter was one of the best chapters in the country. And they just, they just were so welcoming to newbies, even though they were like, had this big goal too, right. They were training for these big races, but they would set that aside um, and say, I'll ride with you. Like I'll believe in you. And, um, and it was really cool. Actually, the woman Beth that she both like befriended me the very first ride and the day that I kept falling off my bike, cause I didn't know how to clip in. Um, when we were in the, um, Ironman, I was ahead of her and there is three laps on the run course. And so I saw her, like I was doing a lot of walk running at this point and I saw her and I ended up walking like probably almost three miles with her. Cause she was having a really rough day at that time. And she had one more loop and I was going down to the finish line. And so it was really special, I think, to complete that journey alongside somebody that had been so instrumental in me not leaving after the first day or after I fell off my bike three times. Um, so again, I think that's why I'm such a big believer in the power of what you can do within community. Um, so that was how that happened. I did triathlon for about eight years after that and got burnt out as we're finding most people do and ended up moving over to gravel. Cause it just seemed like a lot more fun. Well, and you, you coached for a while. I did. So I coached with Atlanta tri club. Um, I coached their indoor cycling. So this, we had a cycling studio where you brought your bike. It wasn't like a spin class. You brought your bike and it was all connected to the machine. So like if you're connected to Zwift and it's controlling the bike, but it was a group class. And then I coached um, open water swim and pool swimming. And I coached the, uh, this is how I'm at Claire. So I've coached the Time Warner team uh, at the CNN center and she works for CNN. And so she was, she showed up my swim sessions. So is that, what is that your background athletically? Were you a swimmer? I swam through high school and then I wouldn't have called myself a swimmer. There wasn't a, <laughs> we were the green gators, like YMCA team. There wasn't a competitive high school team. I, I mean, I grew up in a town the size of Emporia. Right. Did you know that? We have competitive swimming in Emporia. But is it like the club <laughs> team or is it the high school? The high school. Um, yeah. Well, maybe Emporia is better. It's 27,000 people. It's not bigger. So. No, it is bigger. My t- my hometown was 12,000 people. 
Okay. Yeah. Like what was your graduating class size from high school? What, how many students did you graduate? 270 or something? Yeah. I was like 212, 225, something like that. But you know, our 212, towns, our 225, those are very specific numbers. <laughs> yeah. Our towns were smaller, like 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emporia hasn't changed. It's crazy. how The size of the town has basically stayed the same. Anyway, that's enough. Um, so like you mentioned your first bike. What do you, do you remember your first bike? Like what it was? I don't remember what it was, but I do remember that it was blue with like mm-hmm. white bar ends. Um, and I think one okay. time it had the tassels, but then I took the tassels on them. I took them off because yeah, it got too big for that. Um, <laughs> I do remember my first bike accident though. We were like riding in my neighborhood and I think my shoelace got caught and I went down and it scraped up the whole side of my leg. Back in the day when mom would just dump a bottle of peroxide on any wound. Yeah. I cut my shin open. Like you could see the bone and they literally just dumped peroxide on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm fine. So you, I, I, obviously you talked about your transition a little bit when you got kind of burnt out on try and then you went to gravel. So how long have you kind of been dabbling in the off-road scene in the gravel scene? Um, I, when did you give up? Try did I give it up. <laughs> I, think, I think my friend Lauren did unbound in 2017. Okay. It was either 2017 or 2018. You know how those years all start to go together and she you add COVID into the mix and it's even blurry. Yeah. So it was one of those years she was, and I had never heard at the time it was dirty cancer, right? I had never heard of such a thing. And I was like, this is crazy. And I, and she would come to my morning classes. I was coaching her and she had just started cycling like the summer before. And so I just was like fascinated that she was going to one go to Kansas and ride her bike. I was like, what? And then um, <laughs> she's going to do this crazy crazy ride. And so, um, I ended up getting a gravel bike and riding a little bit with her and she's super fast. So I would ride like her slow laps with her. Um, but I remember the first time I went out, I didn't know any better. And I wore my tri shorts, Mm -hmm. which have no padding. (laughs) Yeah, that was not, that was painful. (laughs) (laughs) That did not end well. The funny thing is I knew about you really quickly once I got into gravel. Um, I think I heard you on some podcasts or something. That's why we don't need to interview me. Cause I, there's, <laughs> you can go find stories about my origin. Like if another podcaster asks me my origin story in gravel, I just want to point to one of them. <laughs> like That's boring. Just read this podcast <laughs> or just yes. the podcast. <laughs> no, but we haven't, you know, this is fun to get to know, get to know you. So you, you were in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're not so like, talk a little bit about, I mean, I, cause I think it's really cool. Obviously I know like you reached out to me about this podcast, but your role inside of live feisty has even grown. Yeah. Let's you reached out to me about this initiative. Women did I, yeah. You about women ride the world. I don't, okay. even have I don't to remember <laughs> COVID <laughs> and this, like, it was like, Oh, we, this is fine. Yeah. So if people don't know, I work full-time for Live Feisty, who now Girls Come Gravel is a sub-brand of Live Feisty or Feisty Media. We're not, that threw me off. It used to be Live Feisty, now it's Feisty Media. Um, if, although our website is still livefeisty.com because the URL Feisty Media is owned by a foreign conglomerate. Um, so don't go Google feistymedia.com. Um, 
but uh yeah actually right before like when I had started the Instagram page everybody's heard that story and it was kind of starting to grow and people were reaching out and they were like would you start a podcast I was like "Mm, I don't really want to so then Sarah Gross we had reconnected um when my friend Bethany had passed away Uh, I had had a, a brief podcast about triathlon and Sarah had been a guest on it she was an Ironman champion um and we just kind of would message back and forth on Instagram a little bit after that. And then when Bethany died, she reached back out to me and we reconnected. Um, I went to Tempe and I did at the outspoken awards that we were at this year, I presented the first Bethany Rutledge Memorial award. And so she was coming to Atlanta. This is in February of 2020 to, uh, cover the women's marathon trials. And we did a live podcast recording for iron women in Atlanta. And then we went and did coverage and I had a call set up with you and I was like, well, people keep wanting me to do a podcast. Would you want to add another podcast? And she was like, yeah, we could add another podcast. And so that's how the podcast ended up coming about. But at the same time, she was like, we're really busy. At the time, Feisty had an agency. We were working with Dr. Stacy Sims. So we ran her entire brand, all of her social media and her course sales and all that. And we worked like with Hannah Grant you remember we mm-hmm. had on any fangirl. Yes. We did some projects with her. We did some projects with Aaron Carson. So we worked with a lot of people in this same space and they just needed like another person that could do, could handle marketing contracting. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept and like over COVID, it just kept growing and growing and growing and um, became a full-fledged job. So I was just like managing a couple of the brands at that time. And then Sarah, I guess about two years, year and a half ago, she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to build a company with you. So, so I um, ended up like my technical title is chief of staff, but Sarah and I basically, she's the CEO, like she makes the final decision, but we basically process and plan and do everything. And then everything that comes out from Feisty typically goes through me. So like sales emails, don't email me if there's a typo, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I see it as soon as it happens. I'm like, oh, even if it goes Ah. through three layers. Any of the camp, like Marley's podcast launch, I'm running that. Um, So, what is all like right now, like all under the Feisty umbrella? Yeah. So, we have uh, brands like Girls Gone Gravel. We have Feisty Triathlon that's focused Mm -hmm. on Tri. Um, And then um, we have Feisty Menopause, which Celine leads that podcast at Play Not Pause. That's our biggest community, actually. So that's for any active woman, about 40 plus. Um, and then we have Feisty Women's Performance, which is the podcast that Sarah leads. And that's our brand just for active women and how to get the best out of your body. And we talk we talk about it through four pillars. So on, on all of our brands. So we talk about creating an empowering culture for women. And that's through understanding our physiology, it's through understanding what nutrition works best for our bodies, but also understanding culture and mental health, because we usually talk about the first two and not the last two and culture affects everything for women, right? You see it like the reason yeah. women under fuel is because we've, we are in a diet culture that tells us that being thin is best. And, um, yeah, so it's really fun. Um, we also do a lot of really feisty stuff about equity in sports and stuff like that. Do you know what percentage of women's sports is coverage covered by media? 
12. Five. Wow. I was generous. <laughs> 5%. So, so we also go, to, like we cover women's sport a lot because we feel like somebody has to show up at the finish line. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this with, with unbound, um, with our new start line. Um, and we're like, that's one of the challenges I want to put out there is to the media to make sure whatever proposal you're sending, there needs to be a proposal with it that covers the women as well. So. Just so you know, I have no desire to cover any men. That's my proposal. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That's not, that's not a hundred percent true, but, um, I feel like that's not where my talent is used best. Like there's plenty of people doing that. So, um, they don't, they don't need my help. If that makes it make more sense. Like it's not a, it's not a, I'm a feminazi thing. It's just really the 5% compared to 95%. Yeah. Yeah. And even though gravel is better, it's still like, I was standing in the finish line at, um, big sugar. And uh, somebody from one of the brands came up to me and when the women were crossing and they were like, where, where, where did all these media people go? And I was like, well, a lot of them were like brand representatives coming in to cover, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody's story, but that Mm -hmm. even with women, like we see far less like video features about women or brand stories about women. I'm like, if I see one more video feature of some white guy's adventure, I just, it's the same story. Yeah. It's the same story. It's, but we don't dislike you white guys. It's just like, no, it's not that I, I thought it was interesting because when we announced that we were, um, you know, making updating our start line policies for unbound. And Velo News reported that story. And I think I shared this, like it was very, it, I didn't like the headline that was used. Um, irregardless, you know, I looked at Velo News feed and I was shocked at that. When I, when you look at that post that they put up about the change, I, I just glanced and saw that there were no, like you had to go back super far to see another post about a woman. Um, and that was on Sarah Swallow and Specialized change to their ambassador program. And then you had to go back further again, and it was on Sea Otter. Um, and I think what was her name, maybe Haley, I can't remember her name, the the high school student that was challenging for a change at the start lines at Sea Otter um, or the start crowds at Sea Otter, which those are great things. But I'm just like, this. it was frustrating because it was just the point to me was that we seriously have to keep our foot on the gas. You, as soon as you take it off, it stops Mm -hmm. the coverage of women. And I think that's what is so important about the work that feisty media is doing is that you're just, if anything, if nobody else is doing it, you're at least covering it. And that's, it's not enough, but it's, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's way like, that sounds derogatory. It's way, it's, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not enough, but you, and you guys are doing a phenomenal job. We're doing a phenomenal job. I love the community that's being built around off-road cycling for women and, and menopause for like, all of that is so we're 50 some percent of the population and we're 5% of the coverage. That's fucked up. Oh. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Have you ever been around Carrie? <laughs> you don't give a shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it's funny because I did an article like probably right around when we started the podcast. It oh, you know what it was? It was there was a race that happened in 2020. I won't say which one, but they didn't cover the women's race. They covered the men's race on social media, and like so many people were messaging me. You know which race it was. So many people were. It was one of the few that happened. So many people are messaging me and they're like, why aren't they covering any women? Why and of course they were like, Well, we couldn't get the Jeep out there. And I'm like, you do know the women are behind the men every time, right? <laughs> like it's it's a problem that you can figure out. Um and so um I started like looking at a lot of brands and, and again, there's been improvement, but I actually did this survey not long ago. I went to their Instagram pages. And like a lot of the brands that we know support really strong women. And you're like, it'll be like all the images of men. And then there'll be a woman, men, 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 a woman. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, it's 50% of the population. And it's probably about 10 to 15% of the representation on a brand. page. Yep. And you have to have somebody on the inside that's just continually pounding that in. And I get, I, as soon as it stops, it gets old. It's just, it's just, it's just, it does get old and it gets tiring, but it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, I think we all have to stop and kind of recharge our battery. I definitely used November and some of December for a little bit of a mental reset of like, okay, I got to go into 2023 ready to fight again. Yeah. Um, I think I thought like, and, sorry, yeah. I thought I had gotten kind of immune to it and I was, I was working in tech for a while mm-hmm. and I was, um, which is another very male-dominated field, right? And I was meeting with this woman that was a mentor. She was the CMO of a really big tech company. And I was just talking to her about, um, you know, like how hard it can be to be a woman in the world and always be bringing up these things of like, mm-hmm. you know, why aren't there more women represented? Why aren't there more women in leadership? And she was talking about, yeah, like women will come in and they will work themselves to the bone for a startup. And then once they get funding, often they'll be pushed aside because they want somebody with more credentials that are, that's on their leadership team. And I just started to cry and like, she got teared up and we were like, it's just like you, it, it's, it's, you feel it all the time of like, I'm just so tired of this battle, you know? And, And as women, we have it better than like. A black woman. Oh God, yes. Yeah. I'm sitting in a place of privilege, honestly. And so, you know, it's but it's still difficult. I mean, you know, you're still fighting. So um, and hopefully we've expanded that fight to hopefully welcome in even more to the table, um, even more people and feel more welcome. And yeah, we're still a generation that our mothers could not participate in sport. No, yeah. I, I mean. I think I've told that story when my mom asked me how much longer I was going to continue to do this. Like, like this is in riding my bike at a competitive level. And I was like, I hadn't planned on stopping. Like, and it was interesting because literally she's the woman that has told me I can do anything, like has empowered me beyond my wildest dreams. Like I feel incredibly fortunate to have that Gerilyn as my mom. And yet she says that to me, like, aren't you getting too old for this? And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, where's that coming from? 
not expected, did not expect to hear that from her. And I think it's just that whole generational thing. And so I'm hoping, you know, your niece, my daughter, like we've inspired them on a different plane that they're going to come to us and we're going to say something stupid like that. Like, (laughs) yeah, I I think I've told this story of my niece before when she was like three and I had just started working with feisty and I was up, I was taking care of her for a few days. And I was like, and you know, like some people don't like the word feisty. We've actually said it's a word that we want to reclaim. Like, you know, like often language is the meaning that people give it. So like feisty's had a negative connotation, but it's also like somebody that's like going to stand up for themselves and it's kind of scrappy and will like go to battle. And so I told Lydia, she said something like she was sassing me and I was like, you are feisty. And she goes, I'm feisty. And I said, do you know what that means? And she's like, no. And so I told her and she goes, oh, like the boys. And I was like, she's three. <laughs> she goes to preschool two days a week. How does she know? Like, this is a characteristic of boy and not a girl. Quote yeah. Unquote. Right. Yeah. And I was yep. like, no, girls are feisty. <laughs> Well, I want to take the word bitch back too. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Let's do both. Yeah. We, yes, we, yeah. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I appreciate about Sarah. She's always talking about like, like when we started with girls on gravel and I was like, I don't know, people are pushing back a lot against it. And you know, like you've heard, you, like you said, you've heard the story. It was like a drunken decision at the same time. You don't call your friends, your women friends or your femme friends, you call them your girlfriends. And that's what I always wanted the community to be like a place you're with your buddies. Like you're, you feel like you are with your girlfriends. And so Sarah was like, yeah, it's another one of those words that we just need to reclaim it. Like it's people think it's bad to be called a girl because of the way we've been called a girl. Yeah. You know, no, I'm a girl, (laughs) girl power. Yep. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax-free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. Well, what else? What's on your docket for 2023? What are what's going to be coming out of um, Feisty Media? You feel like you can share, and what are some of your personal 2023 goals? Intermediate Olympic weight training, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Wait, You're, did you sign up for Unbound? It was just a social media post. <laughs> 
Mm. Okay. I right now the plan is to come to unbalance. I do love doing media coverage there. Sure. I have not, I still have three days. Um, yeah. So I'll probably put my name in. And you know, some people, I know some people <laughs> I'll probably actually just, when I say this, it's not because I just think the 50 it's because that gives me like the space to also be at the finish line and the start line and not feel stressed and be on my feet for, you know, the days leading up to it and not feel stressed about that. Um, so I'll, I, I have not gotten to ride in Kansas except for like 12 miles and we got lost last year because the group went the wrong way. Um, well, that was quite funny. I was, what's the, what's Linda? I was with Linda who was on an e-bike and I didn't know how to get back to town. And I was like, don't leave me. I'm like sprinting on my, e- <laughs> on my borrowed diamond back, <laughs> trying to get back with her on her e-bike. Um, <laughs> I was like, it's a good thing I do CrossFit. It's just short, hard intervals. Um, nice. So, uh, so for me personally, like I, I'm still in the, like, do this for fun. I've been actually trail running a good bit too. It's like, it's just a little easier to get out and get those workouts done. My mm-hmm. schedule with feisty, I probably, and, and like, I know you put in super long weeks too, depending on the time of year, but a lot of the year I'm putting in like 60 hour weeks at a minimal. Um, so it's just, we're a startup. We have big dreams and big plans. So it's, it's a ton of work. And then I, mm-hmm. I try to balance like what I do recreationally, that it's fun and it makes me feel good. And I don't feel stressed about it. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I don't have any like major things on the docket yet this summer or this year. Um, I want to, well, building a business is a major thing. So you can count that as a, um, yeah. So what's coming with Feisty? We are going to start launching, uh, educational courses this year. So that's always been our vision is to create courses. So our first course is we actually started working on it this week. It's called fueled. We're debating on the tagline. Um, but it's basically a nutrition course, but not your typical nutrition course for women. It takes into account all of those things. So it takes into account the culture that we live in and how diet culture has impacted our fueling. It takes into account our unique physiology and how that changes throughout our lifetime. And then it also um, looks at what women actually need in training and racing to get the best out of our bodies. So, so that's going to be our first course that'll come out in the spring, um, getting ready for a big menopause or a menopause retreat in Florida, which will be a lot of fun. Um, You should come join us. Um, Is that where all the old people live, Florida? (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you're doing it there? (laughs) Well, it's because there's this woman, Dr. Vonda Wright, who's one of the leading uh, orthopedists in the country that was like, hey, I have this performance center right here. Y'all should come do at a retreat here. And we were like, that's perfect. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's see. Gravel Festival. We're back in Bentonville for that. And then we'll ideally launch another course in the fall. They'll probably be around minute. will probably be focused on menopause because there's so little information for active women there. And, um, and then we're also, Oh, I forgot. I left out our business angle. So you were at our outspoken conference. Oh yeah. 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 That conference went amazing. Um, we're actually going to rebrand that into feisty business. And it's really for any woman that's a coach or a trainer or PT or works in the fitness space. Like we want to create a place to help women grow their businesses. And, and I've said this before, I think 
the more women have a stake, an ownership stake, and are succeeding in business in this space, the better we're all going to be. Yep. We'll do that. And then we have something, a few things brewing that I can't quite talk about. Well, I'm sure our listeners will be some of the first to hear when you're ready to tell, when you're ready to tell all. But anyway, well, I'm um, really glad that you let me interview you. (laughs) I still feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully this will see the light of day sometime. (laughs) It might be next week. It depends. I know because I actually am going to be, I'm head. well, depending on when this comes out, but I'm heading to Austin for a conference. So we do have kind of a little, you and I have the podcast doesn't, but we have a little break coming up just because I'll be down in Austin with those dang triathletes. Nice. Well, thank you. Thank you for chatting with me. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.